0: This is section 29 of The $30,000 Bequest and Other Stories by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. General Washington's Negro Body Servant A Biographical Sketch The stirring part of this celebrated colored man's life properly began with his death. That is to say, the notable features of his biography began with the first time he died he had been little heard of up to that time but since then we have never ceased to hear of him we have never ceased to hear of him at stated unfailing intervals his was a most remarkable career and i have thought that its history would make a valuable addition to our biographical literature therefore i have carefully collated the materials for such a work from authentic sources and here present them to the public I have rigidly excluded from these pages everything of a doubtful character, with the object in view of introducing my work into the schools for the instruction of the youth of my country. The name of the famous body-servant of General Washington was George. After serving his illustrious master faithfully for half a century, and enjoying throughout his long term his high regard and confidence, It became his sorrowful duty, at last, to lay that beloved master to rest in his peaceful grave by the Potomac. Ten years afterward, in 1809, full of years and honors, he died himself, mourned by all who knew him. The Boston Gazette of that date thus refers to the event. George, the favorite body-servant of the lamented Washington, died in Richmond, Virginia last Tuesday at the ripe age of ninety-five years. His intellect was unimpaired, and his memory tenacious, up to within a few minutes of his decease. He was present at the second installation of Washington as president, and also at his funeral, and distinctly remembered all the prominent incidents connected with those noted events. From this period we hear no more of the favorite body-servant of General Washington until May 1825, at which time he died again. A Philadelphia paper thus speaks of the sad occurrence. At Macon, Georgia, last week, a colored man named George, who was the favorite body-servant of General Washington, died at the advanced age of ninety-five years. Up to within a few hours of his dissolution, he was in full possession of all his faculties, and could distinctly recollect the second installation of Washington, his death and burial, the surrender of Cornwallis, the Battle of Trenton, the griefs and hardships of Valley Forge, etc. Deceased was followed to the grave by the entire population of Macon. On the 4th of July, 1830, and also of 1834 and 36. The subject of this sketch was exhibited in great state upon the rostrum of the orator of the day, and in November of 1840 he died again. The St. Louis Republican of the 25th of that month spoke as follows. Another relic of the Revolution gone. George, once the favorite body-servant of General Washington, died yesterday at the house of mr john leavenworth in this city at the venerable age of ninety-five years he was in the full possession of his faculties up to the hour of his death and distinctly recollected the first and second installations and death of president washington the surrender of cornwallis the battles of trenton and monmouth the sufferings of the patriot army at valley forge the proclamation of the declaration of independence the speech of Patrick Henry in the Virginia House of Delegates, and many other old-time reminiscences of stirring interest. Few white men die lamented, as was this aged negro. The funeral was very largely attended. During the next ten or eleven years the subject of this sketch appeared at intervals at Fourth of July celebrations in various parts of the country, and was exhibited upon the rostrum with flattering success but in the fall of 1855 he died again the california papers thus speak of the event another old hero gone died at dutch flat on the seventh of march george once the confidential body-servant of general washington at the great age of ninety-five years his memory which did not fail him till the last was a wonderful storehouse of interesting reminiscences. He could distinctly recollect the first and second installations and death of President Washington, the surrender of Cornwallis, the battles of Trenton and Monmouth and Bunker Hill, the proclamation of the Declaration of Independence, and Braddock's defeat. George was greatly respected in Dutch Flat, and it is estimated that there were ten thousand people present at his funeral. The last time the subject of this sketch died was in June eighteen sixty four, and until we learn the contrary, it is just to presume that he died permanently this time. The Michigan papers thus refer to the sorrowful event. Another cherished remnant of the revolution gone. George a colored man and once the favorite body-servant of george washington died in detroit last week at the patriarchal age of ninety-five years to the moment of his death his intellect was unclouded and he could distinctly remember the first and second installations and death of washington the surrender of cornwallis the battles of trenton and monmouth and bunker hill the proclamation of the declaration of independence Braddock's defeat the throwing over of the tea in Boston Harbor, and the landing of the Pilgrims. He died greatly respected, and was followed to the grave by a vast concourse of people. The faithful old servant is gone, we shall never see him more until he turns up again. He has closed his long and splendid career of dissolution for the present, and sleeps peacefully, as only they sleep who have earned their rest. He was in all respects a remarkable man. He held his age better than any celebrity that has figured in history, and the longer he lived, the stronger and longer his memory grew. If he lives to die again, he will distinctly recollect the discovery of America. The above résumé of his biography I believe to be substantially correct, although it is possible that he may have died once or twice in obscure places where the event failed of newspaper notoriety one fault I find in all notices of his death, which I have quoted, and this ought to be correct. In them he uniformly and impartially died at the age of ninety-five. This could not have been. He might have done that once, or maybe twice, but he could not have continued it indefinitely, allowing that when he first died, he died at the age of ninety-five, he was a hundred and fifty-one years old when he died last, in 1864. But his age did not keep pace with his recollections. When he died the last time he distinctly remembered the landing of the Pilgrims, which took place in 1620. He must have been about twenty years old when he witnessed that event, wherefore it is safe to assert that the body-servant of General Washington was in the neighborhood of two hundred and sixty or seventy years old when he departed this life finally." Having waited a proper length of time to see if the subject of his sketch had gone from us reliably and irrevocably, I now publish his biography with confidence, and respectfully offer it to a mourning nation. P.S. I see by the papers that this infamous old fraud has just died again in Arkansas. This makes six times that he is known to have died, and always in a new place. The death of Washington's body-servant has ceased to be a novelty. Its charm is gone. The people are tired of it. Let it cease. This well-meaning but misguided negro has now put six different communities to the expense of burying him in state, and has swindled tens of thousands of people into following him to the grave, under the delusion that a select and peculiar distinction was being conferred upon them let him stay buried for good now, and let that newspaper suffer the severest censure that shall ever, in all future time, publish to the world that General Washington's favorite colored body servant has died again. End of section 29.